my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I'm sending all of you so much love, so much compassion, so much joy, and I hope that you can receive it on your side of the phone, the computer, the Alexa, whatever you're playing this on. I hope that it finds you well. So today's episode is going to be so good. We are back to our regularly, our regularly, (laughs) we are back to our regularly scheduled program and we are back to talking about relationships and love and owning our worth. And today we're going to be talking about three mistakes that happen when you don't own your worth in relationship. It's going to be some good stuff according to the notes that I have on my post-it right here. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Attention to all my proud plant parents. It is time to give all of your plant babies the best nutrition you can, starting from the bottom up. And that starts with the best soil to help them grow happy, nourished, and strong. Coast of Maine is an organic soil brand that is approved for organic growing and has been sourced from ocean waters and farms for over 28 years. With a full range of products to support every garden and lawn, Coast of Maine products are made to restore roots to the natural world. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for success, by adding Coastal Maine products, it will help regenerate the healthy microbes in your soil and set you up for gardening success. And if you have a vegetable garden, not only do you benefit via an abundant harvest, but find that there is less need to maintain and feed throughout your season. Coastal Maine continually perfects the art and science of sourcing, mixing, and composting products worthy of the people and place that aspired their brand and the healthier world it was built to serve. Coastal Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. The products are carried by tons of local retail partners who can provide advice and insight that is not found in the big box stores. Costa Maine knows from beginner to expert, anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community for gardeners everywhere, which is why I love how they make organic gardening simple and approachable for everyone. So let's get growing. Visit CoastofMaine.com to find a local retailer near you. Coast of Maine, like the state with an E.com. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. But before we get into that, I want to shout out all of you ladies who filled out our Black Girls Heal end of year survey so far. I've been reading your responses. They have been so helpful. 
In case you don't know what that is, we have a survey out where I'm asking you all things Black Girls Heal. What do you feel about the podcast? What do you feel about our newsletter? If you're on our newsletter, what do you feel about um, the healing circles? Are you going to the conference? Why or why not? That kind of stuff. So just things that you're wanting to see, to learn about, ask you about a couple things that I'm thinking about putting out next year, just to see if it will actually be of service to you. Um, and as a thank you, everyone who enters is entered into a raffle for a hundred dollar gift card to Amazon. Um, so the contest for that ends on November 30th. So if you're listening to this in real time, you still have some time to enter. So, um, go ahead and submit your opinions, especially if you are a fan of what we do here, because I want to hear from you. Um, you can do that by going to blackgirlshill.org slash 2020. Um, I mentioned that on the episode two episodes ago about the 10 points of healing for a love addiction, and it was near the end. And I also mentioned, in case you haven't seen it on our social media and in our newsletter, that we ended up having to reschedule the conference to this fall. So even before Biden got elected, I kind of had a feeling that there would be a shutdown happening shortly after um, the transition. And so we preemptively moved the conference and then lo and behold, it was officially announced that that is going to happen afterwards. So I am excited that we get to give more time to the ladies who um, wanted to attend, but the turnaround was too quick um, for them. I'm worried about the after holidays, um, potential surge and so and also wanting to come but not being able to do the payments for the conference because it was so quick of a turnaround so now all that's been extended and I would love to see those of you who are really excited about coming face to face so I can love on you coach you give you that direct support to go from being love addicted to love balance from being love avoidant to being love available and being love deprived to love worthy and leaning into your love worthiness. So that's going to be so great. You can learn more and sign up by going to blackgirlsheal.org slash conference. And I hope to see you there. So with that said, let's go ahead and dig into this episode. So This week's episode about owning your worth was really inspired by a proposal that I got pretty recently. So I was contacted by a publisher to write a book about what I talk about here, to write a book about um, trauma and love addiction and healing and all of those things. And of course, I was super excited because this has been on my list of things to do for a minute. Um, I've had like, anytime I have an inspiration, I'll like write a little draft of something and keep it in, in a document on my computer backed up, of course, um, just in case, you know, things happen. And so when I, when I got that email, I was overjoyed. And so I scheduled a meeting with, um, this publisher to kind of learn more about what they wanted from me. And I was not impressed. Um, I was actually really surprised, um, especially the more that I heard about what it would entail, um, about some of the restrictions that I would have to be under, um, for the limitations of my voice and also that they really 
didn't really want to pay me anything. Like they were going to pay me something, but it wasn't at all worth um, the amount of work I would be putting into it, my expertise, access to all of you women who are really wanting a quality resource, um, who are really, you know, as much as I get questions about what is a good book to read on this stuff, um, just really wanting to make sure that I'm able to give you the best. So I ended up passing on this opportunity and I could tell maybe about 60, 70% into the conversation that this would be really hard. And by the end of the conversation, I knew that it wasn't going to work, but I was still kind of going over it in my head because there were so many benefits to this opportunity that I knew I would be missing out on. So the, um, the possibility of having what could be a bestseller, um, with the support of this publishing company behind me, um, being able to be officially known as an expert in this, in this field, which is my goal to have people kind of doing it for me or doing it with me in an area that has seemed really hard for me and being able to relax and just kind of let go. And I, however, once I talked out what I would have to give up and what I would have to compromise and what I would have to lose out on to make this opportunity be be as shiny and wonderful as I was wanting it to be, I knew that what I would be losing was not worth what I would supposedly be gaining. So I messaged the person back the same day and I was like, this isn't going to work for me. So the reason why I'm sharing that here on this podcast is because I went through the same process that I had to go through when I was very active in my love addiction about being in relationships with people where I knew that it wasn't going to work out. I knew that the friendship wasn't healthy. I knew that the job wasn't healthy, but I was doing everything I could to try to contort and think about the best in that person and try to see both sides and look at my part and kind of really emphasize in my imagination how this could work out in the end to stay places and to stay in relationships where my worth and what I needed and what I desired wasn't being valued. That was on the back burner. And I was thinking about how easy it is when we see something that's so close to being what we want to let our guard down, to lean into what is many of our fear fears, uh, which is lack that this is the opportunity and this is my chance. And if I don't take this, there may not be another opportunity on the other side. There may not be another man or woman like this that comes around or, I've already given so much, or if they could just see my point of view, then this would just be so wonderful. And meanwhile, you're wasting time. You're wasting time. You're wasting your energy. And you're also reinforcing this deep negative core belief that you may not even be aware that you have, that you are not worth what you actually want. Because if you believe that, you would actually be holding out for it. You would actually be owning what you deserve. So in this podcast, I really want to talk about what are some of the three things 
that we miss out on or some of the three mistakes or three consequences that happen when we don't own our value in relationships. So let's talk about the first mistake that happens when we don't know how to own our value. This is where we will try to compromise and kind of go along with whatever is offered to us because we think that this is our opportunity. We think that this is God's will, that we think that this is the universe. We think that this is our shot and our chance. And because it's what's been put in front of us on a plate, that this is what is for us to eat. Um, When really, because we are not used to actually getting what we want, what we don't realize is what's happened is we've put out a beacon into the universe about what we want. We've, we've placed our order for what we want to be in front of us. And the waiter or the waitress has heard our order, but they got some details wrong. So they come back and you ordered a burger with no cheese and it's got cheese on it, right? You asked for your steak to be well done and it is medium rare. Or, you know, or flip that around because I know people are picky about their steaks <laughs> and I don't need nobody judging me <laughs> for, for ordering a well done steak uh, because I know you're out there, right? But whatever it is, whatever you've asked for is so close to it, but it's not what you ordered. And so for some of us, our trauma has manifested in a way where whatever is given to us we will just try to accept because if we don't, that means we're selfish. That means we're bad. That means that we think that we're better than other people. Um, it means that we are unrelenting or egotistical, whatever it might be, whatever your trauma is, put it in there or that maybe we're being picky. So some of y'all heard me use those examples, you know, cheese on a burger, um, steak that's medium rare instead of well done or vice versa. And you're like, see, that's the problem. People are too picky and that's what keeps them out of healthy relationships. But often we will confuse, especially when we're insecure in our value and what's, what's truly right and what's not right for us. We'll confuse and taking that feedback as us being picky versus is actually that we have healthy expectations. So the best analogy that I have for this is cheese is not just this guy is 5'10 and you wanted someone who was six foot, you know, something that is not a make or break deal in a relationship, but that the cheese is really someone who's unavailable, who is flaky, who is untrustworthy, who has an outside relationship, who's emotionally stunted. They have anger and rage problems. I mean, you know what the cheese is that you are trying to pick around and just work with instead of knowing that if you take this cheese, it is bad for you, right? And then you're listening to other people who are like, girl, just just eat it. It's fine. It's not going to hurt you. And you're like, will it? Will it? Will it not? Or that um, someone else might deserve it, but we don't. So we should just take the scraps that we're given. And I want you to know that you are worth getting what you've asked for. You're worth getting what your heart desires for you to have. And it's okay for you to hope and wish for that. And it's okay for you to own it as well. You know, one of the things that I'm, 
I have to work through with my coaching students once they get over this hump of what they're worth and what they're not worth is when they meet a nice guy or a nice person feeling like they have to make this work because part of what has been true for them is that nice guys are far and few between, right? And so if I meet a nice one, I have to try to make this one work. I have to fit and contort it um, to try to make him the one versus the fact that the truth is the world is full of nice men. The world is full of nice people. Your magnet and what you've been attuned to has been towards people who are unavailable and toxic. So you have to get used to your new normal. You have to get used to the fact that you are at, now you're at a buffet. Now you're at a full serve restaurant. You're not at McDonald's no more, right? You are at a steakhouse or whatever the equivalent is for you. If you're one of my vegan sisters, right? Either way, you have options and you get to choose. And so you don't have to make Harry or Johnny or Toby or whoever the nice guy is that's in front of you work. And you definitely don't have to make Brian or Michael or Danny or whoever the toxic or unavailable ex in front of you work either. And once you're clear on your value, you're, it's just, it's kind of a ridiculous notion that you would let yourself be put in that situation where you're not being treated in the way that you know that you want to be treated. So I want who, I want whoever needs that first point to hear it, to take it into heart and know that you are worthy. Okay. So that leans into the second mistake that happens when we do not own our value, which is reacting out of this fear of missing out. So to talk about this, I have to tell you a little bit about my reaction after I decided that this wasn't going to work. So I emailed the person, I told them that this wasn't going to work for me. Um, I talked to my husband about it and, and me just recounting it to him, the more I just solidify, like, I'm not doing this. This isn't a good fit. But the part of me that there was a part of me that was afraid I was going to miss out and miss out on what miss out on being the first to do something, um, miss out on my opportunity to, um, write the book on this topic and be esteemed to win. Um, it triggered a part of me that felt like I would be less than because I didn't have this opportunity immediately. I didn't have a book in my corner. And so even though it was part of my plan to write a book later on, I immediately went in my mind about, okay, do it. Can I fast forward my progress on this? Do Can I write a book in a weekend basically? <laughs> um, and of course I'm exaggerating, but I'm also not exaggerating, like wanting to make sure that I got something out before this, this publication comes out. And it's still going to come out and that's going to be important for the third point. But this need to rush. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, 
It is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. And fill this, this gap, this hole that not letting this, this book be a part of had created. And so. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. The way that this relates to relationships and to love addiction is how common it is and I know not only for me in my own past, but I'm sure for many of you that whenever I felt rejected or abandoned or ugly or um, afraid of being alone, that is when I would reach out to someone who was from my past, someone who had been trying to reach out to me and get close to me um, that I had probably been ignoring or shading, but because I was tender and weak or needed attention, I was going to let him have some of my attention. Um, That's when, like I said, I would reach out and reconnect with exes or I would go and connect with someone who I didn't have any business connecting with, but it was someone to fill that gap, to fill that wound. 
related to that lack trauma, that fear of missing out and they're going to get something before I get it, which means that I'm not good enough and there's something wrong with me. Also, when it came to relationships, this would also be time that I would times that I would go out and try to make whoever it was jealous, even if they saw me um, or didn't see me, that I would go out, wear something that was very attention getting or um, go and hang out with someone just so that it would feel like they did not get the final say because I didn't know how to esteem myself on the inside, that I wasn't enough just for being me. And there's a spectrum of what that looks like. For some of us, the people that we fill this gap with are um, clearly unhealthy and toxic for, for us. And for some of us, we will fill that gap with people who are preacher sons and people who um, make six figures and call their mama every Sunday. It's more the fact that we are using people as self-medication instead of actually connecting to them. And instead of us actually getting to the root of why we need someone to make us feel enough, that this gap in this wound really has nothing to do with um, being lonely or it has nothing to do with being bored, but it's more what does that empty space kick up for us? What is it that I'm trying to hurry up and shush by writing a book in a weekend and having that come out by Christmas um, or by having someone to call and send funny memes to or trade good morning texts with for a week or two until I don't need that distraction anymore, until I have all that pain stuff right back down until it resurfaces again. So the lesson for you here is saying, okay, where does my value truly come from? At one point, am I enough? How much stuff do I need to prove that I'm worthy and valuable enough? That is a question that you're going to have to answer for yourself. And then the third thing or the third mistake that happens when we don't own our value in relationships and otherwise is we are more at risk to compete for that attention and compete for that value. So part of the story that I didn't share initially is that um, this publisher had found me through Googling me and, you know, saw what I teach on, saw how I teach about it. Some of the things that they share was that they felt like I was genuine and um, open and um, that I could probably connect to readers um, based on my style of relating to y'all that I try really hard to just speak plainly. (laughs) And like a normal person and not talk down to you, but talk with you, um, which was really great. And that's one of the things that made me really excited about it. Um, But they were using language around how, you know, basically that I wasn't the only person that they were talking to. And so I asked more about that and come to find out there were some other people who, you know, some of them I know um, that they had also reached out to or were talking to as well. And what they wanted is for me to basically audition to write this book that they wanted me to submit a sample. And, you know, the call was yes to see um, if I would be interested, but also just as much to see if I would be a good fit. And so I had to sit with that for a second and say, do I like 
the idea that I have to audition to write this book. Now, those of you who are in the publishing world, you might know this is commonplace. If authors are recruited for their specialties sometimes, um, but for me and what felt right for me, especially knowing that this was something that I was going to do regardless, and I was going to be able to potentially do it in a way where I had actual control over my voice, um, over the delivery, over what the cover looks like y'all. Cause I also said, I have very particular opinions about who is represented on the cover and who is not. And I was told that um, they couldn't make me any promises. And I was like, all right, not to mention not being paid what I deserve to be paid. Um, so I was like, this isn't going to work for me. So again, the mistake is allowing yourself to compete for attention and value. So how does this relate to relationships? So for this one, this is kind of a spectrum and you're going to have to see if this one fits for you or if it doesn't, if it doesn't, my, my motto is always take what you need and leave the rest. You know, there could be many things that you agree with that I teach or that someone else teaches. Um, and then there's like pieces that just don't align with you. So this might be something that doesn't align or doesn't fit right now. But when I think about relationships and what typically happens with the women who I know are, can get into love addicted cycles is they can get to a place where in their healing and their relationship recovery, that they're trying really hard to just live life and just focus on them. And they reach a place where they are trying to also incorporate dating. So they exit out of, okay, I'm just going to be do life by myself and not worry about dating and not do friendships. And I'm just going to go out and just enjoy myself and just be free with no attachments and no commitments, which is fine. However, sometimes they are not honest with themselves about what they actually want, which is why I'm constantly coming back to in this podcast what is it that you want? So the way that this plays out is sometimes, um, I will see women start to date someone who is honest or upfront about how they don't want a committed relationship, that they're going through a lot, that they just want to be friends, that they're focused on their career, that they just got out of a relationship, insert whatever phrase or, or, reason that they need to not be committed to you, but they still want to hang out, have sex, do all the things that boyfriends, girlfriends, girlfriends, and girlfriends do, or persons and persons do, depending on how you identify, but they want all the bells and whistles without the attachment. Right. And so I will see some women, not all women, but I will see some of the women trying to convince themselves that they are fine with this arrangement that because they have, work, they have worked and they are working so hard on trying to not overattach to relationships that this is actually the best fit for them. But they're not being honest about the fact that they actually truly do want monogamy, that they actually do want and need that security. So not that you're going to get married or engaged next week, but at least to know where you stand and for it to things not be, to not be so open-ended. And so I will watch women get into relationships where they are one of many and then end up getting their feelings hurt because they weren't honest 
about the fact that they wanted and needed attention and value. Now, again, I know other women who will not, that will not be bothersome to them at all because, and I actually just heard someone talking about this in a podcast, you know, she was dating someone who was very honest about the fact that they were dating somebody else and they were actually together for a couple of years. And that worked out because she felt like her time and her attention that she was receiving from him was not being impeded upon or not encroached upon, which great. I mean, the point is she was clear about what her values were and she was honest about that. So for me with this book opportunity, I knew that I did not want to be one of many. I knew I did not want to have to fight to be heard when it comes to this, right? Like I'll, I'll go and I'll apply for grants and I'll go and apply for all these other things. But when it came to this, for me to have a vehicle to share my heart, to share my method, to share the support that I give to y'all every week, I didn't want that to be reduced to a couple of generic sentences to fit this model that, um, that this publisher was looking for. So I dug into my inner voice and I listened to her. I listened to my intuition and what she told me. And y'all, this is a much harder thing to do than it sounds like. For so long, for so many years, I would say those exact same words that, you know, I know my inner voice, I know my intuition, I know my gut feeling, but that's not what it was. It was one or two things. Either it was my codependent reaction so what my inner voice was, was actually the thing that would make the most people happy in a moment, or it was my trauma bond and being so afraid of rejection and abandonment and being alone and reacting off of that, or it was my defensiveness. So me misreading what is discernment and actually being able to tell who's good for me and who's not good for me and who I can trust and who I can't trust um, and thinking that the negative vibes I was getting was my discernment when really it was just my fear of being hurt and my sensitivity. And so it was very easy for me to cut people off. Right. And so trying to navigate all of that to figure out what is the core, healthy inner voice of Sheena has taken a lot of years, a lot of work. Um, a lot of tears, a lot of journaling, a lot of tools, a lot of coaching, a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of <laughs> space and prayer, right? But I say all that to say it's okay for your journey to take that time. It's okay if it takes you until your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, wherever you are to figure out, okay, what is it that Carolyn really wants? What is it that Sasha really wants? What is it that Cheryl, that Latoya, that Kim, that Tiffany really wants? What is it that Brittany needs right now? What is it that Casey, that Quanisha, that Quanita, that Nancy, that Anna, that Valencia, that Vanessa, that Kendra, that Florence, that Tasha? What is it that you really need? What is it that Patricia really wants? what's calling to you right now. And if you're confused and you don't know, that's where the work starts. That's where your next opportunity lies. Okay. So I know that you can do it. I know that you can get there. 
If you need support, of course, the Recovery School is here, our coaching program. You can learn more by going to therecoveryschool.com. Um, we're actually enrolling in the next couple of weeks for our January cohort. I've been sending out a little private enrollment opportunities in the background and um, getting to know our ladies who've already been pre-enrolled and coaching them and answering their questions and giving them resources, which has been really cool to be able to do that, um, to not have to wait until January to support women who've enrolled, but um, it's available for you as well. So that's it. I'm sending all of you love. You got this. Be kind to yourselves. Allow yourself to take the time that you need. I believe in you. That's it for now. Take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors.